play the game of owns. You win or you die laughing. Fantastic podcast, fantastic people, all talking about a fantastic series. I love this podcast more than Tyrion loved Taisha, more than Danny loved Drogo, more than Selino. 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 Yes, I combined them for this episode. Uh, more than Selina would love a Gendry Brienne hybrid. Whoa. Oh, and that would be that would that's actually a weird mental that image. That sounds sexy. Okay. <laughs> that does not that sounds the opposite of sexy. If you think this podcast isn't worth your time, you know nothing, Jon Snow. So that was, that was sent in on iTunes by Green Eggs and Sam. And uh, <laughs> it was a uh, it was a nice review. For it? It, we tied everything Sam. together. Sam, yeah. if if we were hiring for a position of friend, you would you'd win. Yeah. So send in your friend applications in to friends at gamemodes.com. Don't, <laughs> don't send them in. And when it bounces back, don't take it personal. Yeah. It yeah. just means we've accepted all the friends we can have. I'd like to read one more review because the name is so badass. It's from Black Rapture. And considering <laughs> the rapture is coming in less than three weeks, I figure it's, not it's appropriate. It's the rapture. It's different. Well, the rapture didn't happen. What was it supposed to happen like a yeah, couple like months last, ago? Like Micah, last year. It's Armageddon oh, last year. this time. Oh, it's Armageddon. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's, it's the like end the call, end of days, judgment day. You know, the machines will rise. Listen, you guys are making fun, but when I'm chilling slowly in my Colorado-sized bunker, you guys are going to be burning in hell. So You're How in Vegas. I didn't have an invite to this Colorado-sized bunker. Do you want an invite? Yeah, man. All you got to do is ask. Oh, you're in. It's, it's like so. It's like not by invitation only. It's by asked by the invitation. It's like the Violet Hour in Chicago. Yeah. It's like it's not secret, but we like to pretend it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the Mayans just ran out of space on their stone. They couldn't they couldn't go any higher. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because you translate that word, and and apparently one word means the end of the world, and if you translate the same word a different way, it just means reset your calendar, like do it all over again. <laughs> oh. It's, so it's like, it's a bit of a, you know, a loose interpretation uh, means death, but if you read it legitimately, it's just supposed to say like, oh yeah, end of cycle, and cycles start over. So yeah. Regarding the end of the world, there are a few telltale signs, Micah, that aren't limited to some of the uh, more prevalent scare tactics. Uh, the Mayans might not have gotten it right, but Nostradamus could have very well gotten it right. Now, we've all heard of Gagnum Style. We talked about it with Christian Nine, remember? I've seen this. Nostradamus says this in 1503. He said this. From the calm morning, the end will come, when of the dancing horse, the number of circles will be nine. Okay? Korea equals the calm morning country. Okay? Uh, he does dancing horse in the video, and this is about to be the first video ever of all times to reach one billion plays. Nine zeros. What do you think about that? That's, that's <laughs> just, I, that's amazing. It is perfectly think- going to cross one billion plays on December 21st. You know, I think that YouTube has a moral responsibility to take that video down and yes. not ever let it achieve nine billion. Just in case, you know, December twenty second, put it back up. You know, reset the play count, but put it back up. <laughs> um, I, I have a basketball game to get to on the twenty second, uh, yes. so I'd appreciate if the world doesn't end on the twenty first. Dear world, please do not end. <laughs> Sincerely, Micah, Zach, and Eric. Yes. Although. I will say that it's pretty fitting that we begin this week's episode talking about the end of the world because the chapter that we read has to do with the end or the beginning of the end of somebody important Bang. who he loves world. Oh, that was, that was a, very, yowza. very good. 
Transition yeah. points. Eric, five stars. I am on it tonight. And speaking of five stars, can I read yeah. his his, his <laughs> review? <laughs> we went completely uh, off uh, off track here, or off axis, whatever you want to call eggs it. Green eggs and Sam. Wait, Wait no, who, as, no. As we spin into the sun uh, on December the twenty first. But he said, I started listening to you guys a couple of weeks ago and have torn through most of the podcasts compared to other podcasts dedicated to a particular show or book you completely own them all not only do none of you have obnoxious voices but every host has something funny and intelligent to say whether eric and zach are bromancing all on their own or they are joined by micah's general awesomeness and selena's dulcet tones listening is always a pleasure i don't know what, do you what about know? my awesomeness? I, I don't know what the word dulcet means. I just realized that... I feel I like I those might frugal it. need to be flipped, like Selena's general awesomeness and Micah's dulcet tones. Yeah. Because I'm usually the one that gets the dulcet tones uh, comments. Let's, let's not grammatically pick apart this guy, although I started it. I absolutely oh, started it. But the best part is is the, the, the caption that he gave or the subject that he gave for it is called Hanging with Uncle Ray. Oh. Yeah. Like I th- Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Exactly. Or, uh, what up, Coop? When, when DB we, Cooper. The day will come when George R. R. Martin is is on this show, and and I just want the first question to to be: Can we please call you Uncle Ray? Hell yeah! <laughs> can, can, Do you can mind? We get an intro, Mister Martin, about you saying, "Hey, this is Uncle Ray." And you're listening <laughs> to, to Game, Game of Bones. Welcome to Game of Bones. This is Uncle Ray. <laughs> yeah, we you know we wouldn't only start every episode with that. I think we should have a 42 minute episode that's just him saying that. <laughs> That'll be like the own set to the slap of Joffrey's face and a dancing horse and a dancing horse. I've but still damn those horses because they put um, Ned in this position. Yes, yes, this position where yeah, he's really. leaning he's leaning on Littlefinger um for his support, which sounds funny. <laughs> the guy with the little finger is holding Ned up. We could argue that the death of John Aaron was the beginning of the end for the the reign of peace in Westeros, but I digress. Uh another end is beginning here. The gray light of dawn was streaming through his window when the thunder of hoofbeats awoke Eddard Stark from his brief exhausted sleep. He lifted his head from the table to look down into the yard. Beneath, men in mail and leather and crimson cloaks were making the morning ring to the sound of swords, and riding down mock warriors stuffed with straw. Ned watched Sandor Kuglain gallop across the hard-packed ground to drive an iron-tipped lance through a dummy's head. Canvas ripped and straw exploded as Lannister guardsmen joked and cursed. Is this brave show for my benefit? He wondered. If so, Circe was a greater fool than he'd imagined. Damn her, he thought. Why is the woman not fled? I have given her chance after chance. Isn't it Clegane who sticks the sword through one of Ned's men's eyes and then cuts him from, like, shoulder to waist? Uh, things happen so fast, you know, even in the book when I can stop and read a word as slowly or as fast as I want to. <laughs> wow, what I still word feel is like, this? What, I still feel like I don't know whose sword is going through whom when I'm reading these action scenes, like the one at the well, end of the Well, my chapter. point was it could have been a little bit of foreshadowing on the part of Martin because it's Clegane here right. who takes the iron tip lance and puts it through a dummy's head and it's in the Great Hall the great hall (laughs) (laughs) i don't know mike i i think i think uh martin's foreshadowing involves like seriously a five book delay before before you get the payoff (laughs) 
I, I feel like that's that's what we learned about him. This is this is this is not this is not that. This is like the end of a sentence. For in him. normal scale of Martin foreshadowing, this is this it happens in the same chapter, Micah. So I'm gonna have yeah. to give you a big no on this one. It's a couple pages foreshadowing. That's right. like it's just f- shadowing. <laughs> it's third uh, shadowing. Exactly. Uh, but. It's it opens up on a bit of sad news. It Robert has died, and Ned is is without his bro. And he wasn't and, shocked at all. No shock. No. I mean, he died. He well, he kind of dies off scene, right? Yeah. Although they they drug him the last, you know, chapter. So, I mean, we saw him on his deathbed, but the last time we we left Ned, he was thinking, you know, he might live. Yeah, he could live. So he 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 really he came to terms with it awful quick. Yeah, maybe like right after he told Renly to go f himself. Right. <laughs> that that's so weird though because he, that's his the whole context of his argument to Renly is well maybe your brother's going to wake up maybe he's going to live and they have that whole back and forth exchange and then later on we learn in the conversation after Ned convenes the council that Lord Renly has flown King's Landing. Yeah, he's peaced out. He got out of there. Yeah. You know, good for him though. I I would hate to be a you know, it's kind of like being a Stark in Winterfell or being a Stark in King's Landing when this shit is going down. Like being Renly is got to be being a Baratheon has got to be tougher because Renly is the only Baratheon in King's Landing, you know, there. And uh, I don't know. Maybe he just felt safer leaving. Yep. I mean, yeah, unless there yeah. was something he really wanted to do. But well, once Ned was not going to ally with him, you know, right. It just it just seemed pointless to kind of stick around. Yep. And one of the things that I noticed is is I wrote down in my notes that this is the last breakfast. You know, the chapter opens with with Ned, with, with his two daughters, and they're sitting around having their last meal together, and none of them really recognize it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Arya, really Arya. his last time with Arya and Sansa. Arya's scarfing down her food. <laughs> yeah, she, she wants to go off to her dancing lesson. But no, spe- speaking of the dancing master, um, I guess that's the next chapter, isn't it, where we see sort of Arya's lesson. Um, but this was just, again, he's, he's a highlight, I think of, uh, you know, this, this entire time at King's Landing. I love reading Arya and I love reading about how that Ned Stark has allowed his daughter to do this. You know, it just, it just, again, you can't help but feel sentimental towards Ned, um, when you know that things are about to go south. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned briefly before the, the convening of the council where Ned calls, you know, Grandmeister Pycelle and then. You know, Sir Barristan shows and Varys shows and Littlefinger shows, and they're they're about to go through the letter uh, and read what the king has uh, left for the realm and for all to know. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and they're summoned uh, to the what do you call it? Great hall. Throne room. Great, Great hall. hall. <laughs> yes. The throne with the dragons at the uh, at the yeah. top. That's something I don't think that you got the exposure to. Uh, when you watch the TV show, to know that Ned was sitting there, and you know the letter is about to be opened and read amongst this group, and clearly all would know the contents that lie within, and that could have changed the direction of the, the entire story a little bit. In fact, some of it is read, isn't it? Well, how do you how do you it mean? Is, yeah. Because how do you mean? Because the secret about you know Joffrey is not in that letter. That letter is what you know King Robert said which was just read in the uh the, the throne room was you know it's uh, just uh he's the regent protector until 
the heir comes of age. It, uh, things could have been a lot different if they would have had time in that council room to make a decision on their own to be like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Because really formally going through that letter in front of the entire court, in front of John O'Slint, who's crooked, in front of all the Lannisters, in front of who we now know as King, like this, this is a, a much harder place to sell this future rather than in a council of people that are smart and businessmen and really don't have large personal agendas for their own family. I'm sorry, you said slint was crooked. I just thought he was slanted. <laughs> oh. Slint is slanted. Oh. Uh, but, uh, sorry, that was But even Ned is hesitant in that scene, right? He's he, he doesn't want to divulge the information that he knows to Varys or too bellish because he doesn't trust them. This is BS. This is total BS here where Ned, you're right, he's hesitant, but there's a line where Ned says to himself, okay, I'm going to play the game now. Yeah. You know, this is, this is how I'm going to play the game. And you just don't see it. You don't see it coming, you know, and he doesn't really have an opportunity, unfortunately. You showed them Ned Stark. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's entering the game way late. With way late. Late to the game, late to the party. At least you know. he's trying, though. Come on. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he thinks he has. It's just people have been doing it so much longer than he has, you know, for the, for their own reasons. And that's a real shame. Like, when Cersei rips up the letter, which I thought was an amazing part of the TV series, like, she rips it up and she's like, that's just words. Like, but the real king is telling you, you know, pledge fealty or you'll die. So that, 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 was, that was just so powerful. The queen glanced at the words. Protector of the realm. She read. Is it meant to be your shield, my lord? A piece of paper? She ripped the letter in half, ripped the halves in quarters, and let the pieces flutter to the floor. Those were the king's words, Sir Barristan said, shocked. We have a new king now, <laughs> Cersei Lannister replied. Lord Eddard, when we last spoke, you gave me some counsel. Allow me to return the courtesy. Bend the knee, my lord. Bend the knee and swear fealty to my son, and we shall allow you to step down his hand and live out your days in the grey waste you call home. Would that I could. <laughs> Ned said okay. grimly if she was so determined to force the issue here and now she left him no choice your son is no claim to the throne he sits Lord Stannis is Robert's true heir liar Joffrey screamed his face <laughs> reddening there you go that was more of a yelp but it'll work it worked so essentially uh, some shit's going down in the throne room and that's how it goes in the book almost word yeah. for word with the show pretty close you know he just came right out and said it, though. He was just like, hey, here's the letter. Also, you're not his kid. I thought he'd be a <laughs> no, little no, bit more no, secret no, about it. No, he doesn't it. say it. Well, I guess, I guess it means the same thing. Oh, it but does. It's like, it does mean the same thing. But it's, you know, just that you have no claim to the throne. The kids don't understand that. They don't understand what he is implying because he's not speaking directly. Well, he said he, Lord Stannis is Robert's true heir. You know, you can't get much more clear than that. Well. Okay, I guess you're right. I guess that makes more sense than so and so is not the true, or so and so is has no claim. Right, to because not only is he saying yeah, that, the <laughs> that, yeah. that Joffrey isn't, he's saying that Tommen isn't as well by ma by saying that Stannis, right? I mean, right. He's, he's it's still the the kids don't get it though, you know, which is uh, which is bless them, bless their little innocent hearts, oh, right? All the poor things. Yeah, yeah, but um. See, but if Ned was playing the Game of Thrones, he probably should have bent the knee because even in that situation, he could have gone back to Winterfell and he could have taken one of two paths. He could have chosen to stay there or he could have chosen simply to say, okay, now that I'm out of harm's way, I can rally my forces and 
get the word out and do something about it. His leg was hurt, Micah. Another reason not to engage in the, in the situation he's about to engage himself in. Well, no, Zach means literally you can't bend down on the knee. If oh, that's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, he can, he can lean on Littlefinger. <laughs> <laughs> lean on me when you're not strong. Uh, imagine Littlefinger doing a gospel rendition of that song. Just my He can't do it. You sounded like Creed there, Zach. Oh, don't even get me started. Creed, you mean Scott Stapp? Just just Creed. We call <laughs> we call that guy Creed. But it's sad. I mean, aside from his own men, the only person that is a potential ally of Ned in that room is Barristan Selmy. Well, it- here's the thing. You know, Ned sees the Kingsguard there, and he is, uh, you know, he, he, he's relieved. He says they outnumber the Lannister guards five to one. And he's he's feeling very protected. He's feeling like he can legitimately make the claims that he makes. He's empowered. And it's just a shame that that little shit, little finger, um, you know, just, you know, brought the Kingsguard, but is is obviously was not being honest to Ned when he said what he would use them for. Yeah, I mean, he told Ned, hey, man, everything's going to be cool. I'm going to have the Kingsguard there. So then you're going to know it's all good. Guess what? Kingsguard's there. Littlefinger's there. Ned's basically, you know, he's walking taller than usual. He was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we got this. And then he just kind of lays it out on him. He's like, Sir Slit or Lord Slit, I need you to take everyone or take them to their chambers. And, you know, we're going to make all the decisions from here on out. And then literally people just start getting killed, sliced up. They don't even talk really. They're just like, meh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that happened, but it was interesting. Well, it was because... Ned's men had already sort of drawn arms when Sir Barristan tried to walk toward him. So it's kind of like a police officer. If they see you at the weapon, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. going to shoot you. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a bit of reckless behavior, I think, though, on the part of Cersei, though. I mean, she's she's taking a huge risk here. Do you think if Tywin was with her, standing beside her, that he would have done the same thing? Do you think Absolutely he not. He would have probably told Ned, look, this is your chance. Leave. You don't have to bend the knee, but leave and don't come back. I, I mean, what do you think? You think that that would have happened? Almost certain things are undeniable, though. Like, does Tywin ever find out or hear the accusations about Jamie and Cersei? Yes. I mean, like, how does he feel about that? Because, I don't know, I feel like it has everything to do with how you view your own kin. Like, out of honor, he may have, like, made some kind of arrangement, but... I really think that his own family would have gotten a little bit of hell for that, like from him. I think when you're in a time of stress like this, you kind of have to just go with your family, stay yeah. on their side no matter what's happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's exactly what he would have done. Uh, but in, this, in the throne room, Micah, I definitely think Tywin has a much more level head. He's obviously brilliant and calculating versus these people. I mean, these other Lannisters that are below him that he's helped create or are cousin spawns, things like that, they're basically living off the wealth that he has created slash perpetuated from his own lineage. But these people have literally done nothing rather than marry up and then create ancestral babies that don't really have any actual claim to the throne and then now murdering people to take that to take that throne. The reason yep. this sucks for the Lannisters is because the retaliation that's going to happen later on with the Battle of Five Armies, pretty much, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. It, it turns crazy, and Lannisters are dying, and they're losing power. So right. it's a bad thing. Yeah, and I think it's just it shows you that they they act first and think later. Because look at what happened in the beginning of the book when they throw Bran out the window. 
you know, they, they don't think twice about doing something like that. And then now here they're taking Ned captive and we know how events play themselves out in the rest of this book. So it's exactly what you said. They're not, they're not calculating this the right way. I mean, I think even later on, Tywin mentions at some point, you know, he never would have killed Ned Stark. And, you know, to let your kid, and I know we're going to get into this discussion later on in this, in these episodes, but, you know, to let your kid make that decision and then follow through with it, essentially starting this war, Zach, that you mentioned, you know, that you're, you're setting off the entire kingdom. It's like lighting a firecracker that's just going to keep setting off the next one, setting off the next one. It's like a domino effect. From what I know of Tywin Lannister, I would say that he is not a bad guy. I would say that his family, his children more particularly, a few of them and their offspring are very selfish. They're very self-centered and they make terrible decisions that affect people's lives. I'm thinking of Joffrey in the opening of season two. You know, you'll be my new fool. You know, like he's just... They're just generally assholes. But on the other spectrum, Tywin is literally dealing with all of their own decisions constantly. Never once, you know, interjecting himself as emperor or king, you know. You know, yeah, I've, I've, um, I have to say, like, having only seen the TV show, like, I can, I can, I can go with you on that. Like, Tywin is awesome. Um, you know, I guess the book Tywin might be a little bit different and I, I, I can't wait to read him, but all, all, all things from, you know, getting from the TV series, I'm with you, man. Like Tywin is calculated, he is smart, he knows how to think tactically, and uh, he's even not that bad of like a mentor, if you can call him that, to Arya. Um, right. And he's just cleaning up a big mess, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's really cleaning up a big mess, except for his own horse's mess, um, right. as he rides, it, rides into the throne room. Right. Uh, you don't see him sleeping down to the squire. That up. But he's, he's cleaning up his children's mess. You're right, he is. And he's doing so nobly. And he's a man of, like, the old code of, like, the honor and stuff. But right. n- not quite so much as Ned, who, again, he's he's commanding that Cersei be taken and the children, but not harmed. Even, even as it's this intense as it is with everybody with the drawing swords and the Kingsguard and everything, he's commanding as the hand, as the Lord Regent, that... You know, seriously, be taken but not harmed. And we're just going to ignore the fact that Tywin ordered all those brandless horses to murder townspeople earlier in this podcast. We're just going to we're going to ignore that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Tywin is a much different character in the book than he's portrayed as in the yeah in the series. I think they painted him as a little bit more sympathetic character, especially in those scenes with Arya, which don't really exist as much uh, in the book. You know, they kind of twisted that story around a little bit. But going back to what you said, Eric, I, I think that, that Tywin really, it, knowing I, I'm pretty sure he knows the truth eventually, but I think he would do anything and everything to protect his, his family's name. And if that means really ignoring the fact that there's this incestuous relationship between his, his son and his daughter, he's going to do that. It doesn't mean that he doesn't, behind the scenes, take certain actions against them because of this. It just mm-hmm. means that you know he's going to do whatever he has to do in order to advance Lannister and protect Lannister. And if that means ignoring the truth, then that's what he's going to do, mm-hmm. at least right. on the front of, of it. Um, but you know, towards the end of this chapter, we did, when you were reading, and I know obviously we've all seen the TV show, but did you have an inkling that Ned was, was in the waist deep in horse shit? I knew <laughs> you know, he was <laughs> way over his head and he was walking into some bullshit. Definitely. Like, 
I just just the cadence of the the sentence structure and the way the paragraphs are written. I had a feeling that there was some sort of impending doom. Something was going to flip. It was just not going to go into his favor. He was brushing over too many issues, like the 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 pre throne room scene where there the council gathered. It's like Ned, you got to speak up, bro. You got to say what you're thinking. You got to say what's in the piece of paper. You can't wait to reveal it in front of the king on his new throne. Right. So yes, I I, I deduced that it was going to be shitty already, and so. He's betrayed by Janus Slint, but really, in, in the grand scheme, he's betrayed by Littlefinger. And so the the story, the story, the chapter ends with with his men being killed without any hesitation whatsoever. And again, that's a clear difference between how Ned approaches it, like you said, Zach, when he's telling Cersei, "Hey, take your kids." And hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's exactly. all coming up on your windows right. and raping you, raping you, <laughs> raping Jeez. your Calm girls. Down, <laughs> all right. But Cersei's approach to it is, we're going to kill you. Well, in Ned's right. case, take you captive. But you know, we're going to kill your men, and that's the difference in how they play the game. And right now, the advantage has has really tilted in favor of the Lannisters. And th- there's just. Uh, the one thing I would I would mention though in this chapter though is remember that Janus Slint betrays Ned because it may or may not have something to do with what happens later on in the story. Remember if, it. I can't it, keep track of half these characters, man. Do you remember what happened to Janus Slint in season two? I yeah I don't. Oh really? Yeah, it was a no, great I scene. Can't. It's, it's, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward it to it. It's not the mouse in the. It's not the mouse in the box, is it? <laughs> My own no, of the week no, no, goes no, no. to George R. R. Martin for owning Eric Skull's memory. My own of the week goes to seriously ripping up the uh, letter. She just doesn't give no shits. <laughs> not a single fuck was given. <laughs> not a single fuck was given on this day. But if you look at this great meme of uh, Robert. You will see it say, "Look at all the fucks I give." <laughs> you, will, you will see. You will see that. That might be uh, Micah's favorite. Favorite thing. It's an actually. awesome shirt. It's, it's an awesome it's framed shirt. above the. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> trim on uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, I've made it into a shirt. I didn't even yeah. know about. What I was gonna say is, it's an awesome meme because it's just Robert with his freaking shirt open, his belly hanging out, with his arms spread wide. It's from the scene in the uh, in the tent right. uh, w- when him and Ned were arguing about the armor fitting onto him, and he's just saying, "Look at all the fucks I give." <laughs> and with that, my friends, it is time to do the normal thing and the show uh, we, we pivot we make a, a leaning gesture a leaning gesture if you will toward uh the part of the show toward twitter it's at game of owns that's our twitter handle very creative we snagged it up the moment we thought of the show we have some of your tweets in line for us waiting to be read and what better way to read your tweets than the world famous brace yourselves for eric skulls read your tweets <laughs> and in 45 seconds, plus 15 or less. <laughs> Megan says, I'm trying to clean my room, but failing because Game of Bones is making me laugh so hard, I can't move. <laughs> Ryan McAllister says, another perfect Friday night with Mead, Friends, and Game of Bones. Miss Lane says, next thing you know, you'll be shaving each other. Miss Lane, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, names for us from Karina Garcia, Eric the Iron Price, or Iron Maiden, let him choose. Selena the Tarth, Micah the Samwell, Zach the Harry from Book 5. I don't care. 
David Kerr. Zach doesn't care for that David name very Kerr. much, so. Akin says, I listened to the latest ep on the bus and laughed so hard at Micah's Kaltrogo impression that I got shushed by an old lady. On a bus? Really? That an old bitch. lady is shushing you on the bus? And Elaine Welsh closing up this week's segment. Screw winter is coming. Winter is most definitely here. Hashtag so cold. The old lady must have been a Lannister, right? Yeah. Right. Who gets on a bus and is like, shh, there's somebody else on a bus? It's a bus. Next time she does that, rip off her hair and pull out her dentures. <laughs> I've never been on a bus. <laughs> Not even like on a school bus? I've been on a school bus. Were there old ladies on your school bus not driving the school bus? I mean, they were probably old to me then, but now they'd probably be like people I like wave to at stores. Like, you going to get those eggs? You going to get those avocados? <laughs> what is this? Toko Master says that was some awesome, awesome synchronized oaths. What do you think that's talking about, Eric? I don't know what that's talking about. Micah, shall we remind him? I, I am the sword, the sword in, in the, the dark. dark. <laughs> See, Eric? You remember now. Yeah, yeah, that got it. Jog my memory. If you want to join the ranks of those kind-hearted people who will most definitely be on the next episodes to come if they keep tweeting our way, you can do so by uh, signing into Twitter or creating a username. They're not sponsoring this episode, but it's a great way to keep in touch with us at Game of Owns. Yes, at Game of Owns. Game of Owns happens to be our web address as well, gameofowns.com, where you can find all the latest owns, including some of the ones we read on last episode, which are... Uh, which is worth a listen if you have somehow skipped over our Monday episode and are now listening to Wednesday out of order. Don't know why you do that, but the new iTunes is pretty confusing. So, hey. True story. Yeah. Absolutely. You can also uh, find uh, Game of Thrones information as well as information from any fandom in the world ever. Ever on, fandoms. On hypable.com. That's dot com. Or you can also rate and review us on iTunes, as uh, I talked about right at the top of the show. Uh, Why would they want to do that, Micah? They would want to do that because they love listening to us, and uh, they have a great insight into what we say, and uh, can comment for all the world to see. They, all they'd have to do is, or actually not really all the world, it, it's kind of uh, geo-targeted, isn't it? <laughs> Regionally restricted. Regionally restricted. Reviews. Triple R's. That's why, that's why Selena, <laughs> Selena in her home country of Sweden only has like three reviews. And uh, it's good. It's a good way to hear your feedback. It's a good way to spread the word about the podcast. It, it helps uh, let other listeners know that, that we're here. And uh, to be totally fair to the show, everyone, you're going to need to create a separate secondary iTunes account, set the region to Sweden, and then give your reviews because Selena can actually read them then. So yeah, yeah. Make another account. Uh, trust me, it's worth all of the trouble. Yeah, steal somebody else's IP that's international. You're going to need a new debit and telephone number from and that telephone no- yes, area yes. of the, the world. But the benefit is you get to listen to all those Danish uh, pop bands that, that come up. All those new downloads because they... That they're you know they don't you can't get them in the U.S. Perfect to listen to at breakfast when you're eating apple fritters and cherry danishes. So, Chopping some wood. So get on that iTunes.se. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, and also, uh, Eric mentioned in a couple of the tweets they read during the show where people listen to our podcast. Some people were cleaning their room. Other people were on the bus getting yelled at by old women. Uh, if that's the case, or if you have some other uh, interesting place that you listen to the show, let us know. Tweet at us. We'd take like, a photograph. We, yeah, take a photograph of you listening to the show, annoying an old woman. Recently, we had a, a picture tweeted to us from Larry the Wombat, a longtime dedicated listener, with a photograph of a bottle of mead and his iPhone 5 showing a crisp display of the Game of Owns album art. It was, uh, it was a very gallant lad, and he was standing on the bottle, 
on top of a horse. The horse looked a little perturbed. Check out the photograph. Put it in the show notes. You guys can be like him. Send in a picture of you listening to the show. Uh, it warms... You know, it kind of it's kind of like warming our hearts at the same time. You know how like we put the show out, guys, and we have a good time recording it, and they have a good time listening to it, something like that. When we see photographs of them listening to the show, perhaps things like that, comments, reviews, it kind of feels good back. You know, it does. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Or it like helps us know that we're not speaking specifically to the blue computer screen located about seven or eight inches in front of our faces at the moment. It's all very complicated stuff. Don't don't, don't mind yourself with the details. Yeah. <laughs> time travel to the experts, guys. So, we do need to go. We'll see you on Friday. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>